A Tale of Two Cities Novel by Charles Dickens The year is 1775, and social ills plague both France and England. Jerry Cruncher, an odd-job man who works for Telson's Bank, stops the Dover mail coach with an urgent message for Jarvis Lorry. The message instructs Lorry to wait at Dover for a young woman, and Lorry responds with the cryptic words, recalled to life. At Dover, Lorry is met by Lucy Manette, a young orphan whose father, a once eminent doctor whom she supposed dead, has been discovered in France. Lorry escorts Lucy to Paris, where they meet Defarge, a former servant of Dr. Manette, who has kept Manette safe in a garret. Driven mad by eighteen years in the Bastille, Manette spends all of his time making shoes, a hobby he learned while in prison. Lorry assures Lucy that her love and devotion can recall her father to life, and indeed they do. The year is now 1780. Charles Darnay stands accused of treason against the English crown. A bombastic lawyer named Striver pleads Darnay's case, but it is not until his drunk, good-for-nothing colleague, Sidney Carton, assists him that the court acquits Darnay. Carton clinches his argument by pointing out that he himself bears an uncanny resemblance to the defendant, which undermines the prosecution's case for unmistakably identifying Darnay as the spy the authorities spotted. Lucy and Dr. Manette watched the court proceedings, and that night, Carton escorts Darnay to a tavern and asks how it feels to receive the sympathy of a woman like Lucy. Carton despises and resents Darnay because he reminds him of all that he himself has given up and might have been. In France, the cruel Marquis Evremond runs down a plebeian child with his carriage. Manifesting an attitude typical of the aristocracy in regard to the poor at that time, the Marquis shows no regret, but instead curses the peasantry and hurries home to his chateau, where he awaits the arrival of his nephew, Darnay, from England. Arriving later that night, Darnay curses his uncle and the French aristocracy for its abominable treatment of the people. He renounces his identity as an Evremond and announces his intention to return to England. That night, the Marquis is murdered, the murderer has left a note signed with the nickname adopted by French revolutionaries, Jacques. A year passes, and Darnay asks Manette for permission to marry Lucy. He says that, if Lucy accepts, he will reveal his true identity to Manette. Carton, meanwhile, also pledges his love to Lucy, admitting that, though his life is worthless, she has helped him dream of a better, more valuable existence. On the streets of London, Jerry Cruncher gets swept up in the funeral procession for a spy named Roger Cly. Later that night, he demonstrates his talents as a resurrection man, sneaking into the cemetery to steal and sell Cly's body. In Paris, meanwhile, another English spy known as John Barsard drops into Defarge's wine shop. Barsard hopes to turn up evidence concerning the mounting revolution, which is still in its covert stages. Madame Defarge sits in the shop knitting a secret registry of those whom the revolution seeks to execute. Back in London, Darnay, on the morning of his wedding, keeps his promise to Manette, he reveals his true identity and, that night, Manette relapses into his old prison habit of making shoes. After nine days, Manette regains his presence of mind, and soon joins the newlyweds on their honeymoon. Upon Darnay's return, Carton pays him a visit and asks for his friendship. Darnay assures Carton that he is always welcome in their home. The year is now 1789. 
the peasants in Paris storm the Bastille and the French Revolution begins. The revolutionaries murder aristocrats in the streets, and Garbel, a man charged with the maintenance of the Evremond estate, is imprisoned. Three years later, he writes to Danay, asking to be rescued. Despite the threat of great danger to his person, Danay departs immediately for France. As soon as Danay arrives in Paris, the French revolutionaries arrest him as an emigrant. Lucy and Monette make their way to Paris in hopes of saving him. Darnay remains in prison for a year and three months before receiving a trial. In order to help free him, Manette uses his considerable influence with the revolutionaries, who sympathize with him for having served time in the Bastille. Darnay receives an acquittal, but that same night he is arrested again. The charges, this time, come from Defarge and his vengeful wife. Carton arrives in Paris with a plan to rescue Darnay and obtains the help of John Barsard, who turns out to be Solomon Pross, the long-lost brother of Miss Pross, Lucy's loyal servant. At Darnay's trial, Defarge produces a letter that he discovered in Manette's old jail cell in the Bastille. The letter explains the cause of Manette's imprisonment. Years ago, the brothers Evremond, Darnay's father and uncle, enlisted Manette's medical assistance. They asked him to tend to a woman, whom one of the brothers had raped, and her brother, whom the same brother had stabbed fatally. Fearing that Manette might report their misdeeds, the Evremans had him arrested. Upon hearing this story, the jury condemns Darnay for the crimes of his ancestors and sentences him to die within twenty-four hours. That night, at the Defarge's wine shop, Carton overhears Madame Defarge plotting to have Lucy and her daughter, also Darnay's daughter, executed as well, Madame Defarge, it turns out, is the surviving sibling of the man and woman killed by the Evremans. Carton arranges for the Manette immediate departure from France. He then visits Darnay in prison, tricks him into changing clothes with him, and, after dictating a letter of explanation, drugs his friend unconscious. Barsard carries Darnay, now disguised as Carton, to an awaiting coach, while Carton, disguised as Darnay, awaits execution. As Darnay, Lucy, their child, and Dr. Manette speed away from Paris, Madame Defarge arrives at Lucy's apartment, hoping to arrest her. There she finds the supremely protective Miss Pross. A scuffle ensues, and Madame Defarge dies by the bullet of her own gun. Sidney Carton meets his death at the guillotine, and the narrator confidently asserts that Carton dies with the knowledge that he has finally imbued his life with meaning.